Now, before I begin to share this word with you, I'd like to uh, say that this was confirmed for me today very strongly by the Lord and uh, spoke to me about what is coming, prophetically speaking, and how the strategies of the enemy is going to increase to destroy as much as possible the church. And um, so we, we need to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us in these last days and recognize how we can employ what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us so that we are not caught in it. Now, all warning, all uh, admonition, all counsel is for the edification of the church. It's uh, also an opportunity for each one of us to not bother looking at the notes just yet. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for each one of us to self-examine and reset and go forward. Amen? Um, doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been a Christian, uh, how much you know, what you don't know, it's irrelevant. Uh, I've been revisiting the foundations with my friend in Malaysia and without telling him why I was doing it, I was doing it. And then he said, uh, you know, you need to do this, do this, do this. And I said, I know what you know, but I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to tell me more because there's more. And he said, yeah, just when we think we know everything. I said, that's exactly why I'm revisiting the foundations. Okay. So don't assume that you know. Don't assume because you have results. And don't assume because you think you have the anointing. Okay? Because these are the days when the evil one is looking to, to steal, kill, and devour those who are on the outer periphery. You know he always hunts on the outside. Right? The strays. He looks for the strays. The weak ones. And he hunts on the outside. And you'd be amazed what he does. <coughs> so tonight's subject was confirmed to me as I was preparing it. I got a, a prophetic insight into what is coming in a negative sense, and then was confirmed to me today by the Lord in another message. Somebody else was speaking, and even through uh, somebody else who said something, it came as a confirmation to me. So tonight's subject is titled picture on PowerPoint and it, it, it's a very important picture. A lot of symbolism involved in my teaching today so if you keep an eye out you might be able to pick it up. What do you see there? 
Fire and water. Pardon? Fire and water. There's a face in there at the top. There's a face there? Okay. Right. A reflection. Smudging. A reflection. Huh? Smudging. Smudging, okay. A reflection. A reflection. So the teaching tonight is to do with a true reflection of Jesus himself. So imagine that picture to be Jesus. The reflection should be exactly the same. If there's a distortion, we got a problem. Okay? Why? Because God is changing us from our image to the image of Christ and from glory to glory. So, the true reflection of Jesus in the self. Okay. The title, of course, as you know, is Integrity. So, the first definition, you can look at your notes, that's not very big. This is the uh, Webster's uh, definition of integrity. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and then they give you some examples and the next one is the state of being whole and undivided the third one is the condition of being unified or sound in construction as in a building and then finally internal consistency or lack of corruption in electronic data so when we're talking about integrity we're looking at the what? The inner core strength of something that is built or being built or being portrayed in character and we need to examine what that has in terms of our relationship with Christ and how important it is in these last days. Okay, I stress that is in these last days. Now, how many of you believe that you are a person of integrity? Can you put up your hand? Yeah, you all believe you're a person of integrity. Okay, so it must mean something to you. Okay, integrity must mean something to you. So when you are challenged with a scenario, you have to go back to yourself and looking at the integrity of what it is that you are saying or doing. Amen? Why? Because you have a judge above you who's going to judge you, yes. not you know, so much on other things as in your integrity. Okay, so integrity has got to do with motivation and intention. So examine that in the light of what we're talking about tonight. So in the Greek and Hebrew meaning, it is, means completeness. The Bible says that we are complete in Christ Jesus. Okay, so none of us should lack integrity. But we know that integrity can be challenged and it's a learning process. Okay, and it says moral innocence. How many of us can you know, say yes, I have moral innocence. It's not talking about sexual innocence only. It's talking about morality, as in a wide area of morality. Okay? For example, lies. 
talks about honesty in the Greek and the Hebrew and then it talks about righteousness. Now, this is the key thing with integrity. Okay, we're going to see that and we're going to understand that. Okay, God's righteousness is the power for integrity. And then it goes on to say we have to choose it. Why? That's the question. So let's go to Genesis chapter 20. See, you come to your Bible study, you didn't bring your Bible. You lack integrity. <laughs> Genesis 20. And verses 5 and 6. The beginning of the story of Abraham, he has just uh, told this guy, the king Abimelech, that Sarah is his sister. And then Abimelech takes her to become his wife, or one of his many wives. But God intervenes. Now please note why God intervenes. Let's go to verse 4. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou say, slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart, and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Wow. <laughs> Incredibly important aspect of integrity here. You see, people in the world have integrity. You say they have integrity. Not everyone is a dirty rotten scoundrel just because they are a sinner and you are saved. There are good people in the world who have integrity. They might not have integrity in some areas, but they have integrity in other areas. Okay? Now, in the case of uh, this man, he did it out of the integrity of his heart. So God said to him, I know that you did it out of the integrity of your heart, but I am the one who gave you the integrity. Very, very, very important to understand. Mm -hmm. Because if you think you're a real good do-gooder, right? Just remember this. Before you start opening your mouth and mouth up about how good you are, that actually it was God who gave you that integrity. So that you can be righteous in his sight. This is the key to it. Okay? So that you can be righteous in his sight. Very, 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 very important. Yeah. In the last days. So if there's anything you're going to ask God, ask him for righteousness. 
He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So you can see why. Okay, because out of it comes integrity. So you've got to choose it. It's put, it's put there. You, we have to choose integrity. We have to choose righteousness. It's there. But it's not going to operate unless we choose it. Amen? Now, the danger for Abimelech was that he needed prayer to get out of the situation. That was predetermined. And God said to him that Abraham was a prophet and he was going to pray for Abimelech. Now, why was that critical? Anyone? Why was that critical? He is a prophet. If you go up against and my mantle or an integrity or integrity or vice versa, that is if I go up against yours, there will be problems. What was the problem Abimelech and his family encountered as a result of Abimelech's inactions? Barrenness. Hmm? The family received barrenness, they probably didn't even know. And it took the prophet to pray. God wasn't going to release him. Till the prophet prayed for him. Now Mark read out something the other night on Wednesday night prayer. About leadership and how to honor leadership. And why they're there. And be careful not to touch the leadership. Because things go wrong if you do. But I want to take that one further. And I want to say to you that if leadership comes up against your integrity then God is on your side, not on the leadership side. you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Then the leadership gets a reprimand, gets a rebuke, gets a correction. So in the case of that guy, Balaam, he got rebuked by the donkey. Right? Yeah, he was a great prophet. He knew everything inside out about, you know, he could tell you your past, present and future, but he couldn't see the angel that was going to bring him into accountability. Okay? So, when we are talking about each other and we're talking about someone in leadership and someone not in leadership, there are different dynamics. Be careful how you speak about your leadership and leadership has to be careful about how they speak about their flock. Because both are open doors for the devil to get in and cause problems, that's one. The other is, God himself will intervene. Right? God himself will intervene and will be very, very strenuous about his intervention. Now, this is what I want to tell you is coming, okay, which is what you've got to watch out for. 
and it's going to come big time. And it's already in play in the world, not only to us, but to those who are chosen of God. Those who are not necessarily saved, but are going to be saved. And when you come across them, you will understand that here is an opportunity to bring salvation to these people because of what is happening to them. Okay, so don't discount them. Open your eyes and say, Lord, show me what is going on. Okay, so here's the one. Integrity is often attacked by Satan using false accusations. The attack on integrity is false accusations. Why so? Why so? Think about it. Because you're speaking the truth. Because you're speaking the truth, okay. What else? Discredit. Hmm? Discredit. Yeah, but why? Why discredit somebody who's a person? Sorry? The truth won't come out. Okay. Anything else? Satan is a father of lies. Okay, why is he lying then? Because he can't get to heaven. Hmm? He can't get to heaven and he doesn't want anyone else to No, that's. It's not the reason. Why, why does he accuse you falsely? How was it done in the old way, in the Old Testament? If someone wanted to get you, what did they have to do? What was the law? Two witnesses. Two witnesses against you. And who were they usually? False witnesses. Why? Because they can't get you any other way. To destroy your witness. They can't get you any other way. Chris said, destroy your witness. No, but they're coming after you because you are a ramrod in integrity. <laughs> and we're doing it to each other. Don't you worry about it. By the things we say. By the things we do. If he can't get you to do it against an outside person, he'll get you to do it against a family member. Yes. And that's what today's message was. That it is a family affair. False accusations start from within the house. Because people get upset with you, they don't like you, or they don't want you, or you know, you're not good enough for them, or something like that, and then they're listening to the lies of the enemy and saying, if you want to get this person, then attack his integrity or her integrity. 
We think we are not influenced by evil spirits. What a lie. That's why you have to check and check and recheck yourself every second of the way and let the fire of God test you. I don't want to take up too much time, you're losing time as this. So let's look at Job. Job 2 3, you know, his wife says, Look, curse God and die. Why? Because now you're in serious trouble, man. And all that good stuff that you did for your family and for God and all of those things now, they are useless. So curse God and die. Attacking his integrity before God. But God had chosen to test the integrity of his servant using the number one nemesis in the world, Satan, to do it. Now, it's exactly what they did with Jesus on the cross. Right? Exactly what they did with Jesus on the cross. God had by false accusation. So, Job was a trustworthy man in the eyes of God. Amen? He was a trustworthy man in the eyes of God. He said, have you considered my servant? <laughs> Not every attack upon you or me is initiated by the devil. God sometimes allows it to test our integrity. But we don't necessarily know if it is God or Satan. And we are not to blame for that. Because it's hidden. Okay? It's hidden. Very, very important to understand that integrity is also your righteousness before God. God is testing you to see if you would blame Him or curse Him. Or doubt Him or have unbelief toward Him or some other thing. And say, uh, I don't think it's there for me. And that's what Satan wants you to do. Is don't trust them. So I believe that the aspect of trustworthiness of a person okay, is going to be tested. I'm talking about what's coming, not what, what has already happened. Please, don't for one minute think I'm talking about the past. I'm talking about what is coming. Mm. Though I know what happened in the past, you know what happened in the past. In your own life and I have what happened in my life. I know, you know what happened in your life. You know yeah. that. Yeah. You know who betrayed you, who let you down, who did or whatever they did. You know it. But you've got to sort out which one was God, which one was you, which one was the devil. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We like to blame God and the devil, never ourselves. Yeah, I mean, so true. I always told my cousin, there were three in the garden, right? Mm. Not just God and Satan. Mm. You were there too.
So this attitude, a hard attitude of integrity before God is going to be severely attacked. So I urge you to consider this in the last days before God. Consider your ways and the path you have followed in life even till now. That means check your construction. Has it got integrity built into it? Or is it crumbling because there's no integrity? Yeah, I've got a foundation, but is that foundation got integrity? Right? If the inspector turned up to check your building, will he find it satisfactory? And you know who the inspector is. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, right? So consider your relationships. What do they stand on? You know the number of people that love the idea of having a relationship without accountability. I love it. Why? Because I'm never wrong. Nobody can tell me I'm wrong. I'm never wrong. And they will never tell me I'm wrong. So I don't have to worry about integrity. I don't even have to worry about telling the truth. Because nobody's going to question me. Everybody's just going to accept me for who I am. And that's what they want you to do in the last days. Don't tell me anything about myself because I don't want to know. So we don't. We never test the product. He says, check every spirit if it is of God or not. Isn't it? In John. He said, they were with us and they went out from us. That's how we know that they are not of us. That doesn't mean the people who leave the church are not Christians. No, 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 no. Don't get that wrong either. Okay? Talking about the kind of spirit that is involved Mm. in that person. The moral and spiritual integrity will save you with God. He's the only one you need to satisfy. He's the only one you need to satisfy. Okay, who is an untrustworthy person? This is something they might have to find out. I had a dream last night and Anoja and I were in a big meeting and I was going to preach on this particular subject. (laughs) No, no, sorry. Uh, On the subject I'm going to preach on Sunday. Right? And we're sitting up in the front row. It's quite a big church. And uh, somebody got up and said something like they had loose morals or, you know, that it was okay. A woman with children and she was sleeping around and she was quite giving a testimony and saying, nah, don't worry about it. You know, God, God's in control and that sort of thing. And I know they turned up to me and said, can you hear this? Do you hear this? I said, yeah, yeah, I hear this. I know this. But then I asked myself the question, why are you still sitting in the church? Why are you still in the church? And then I understood why. Because I was there to preach the gospel and would open the eyes. Not that I was uh, giving credence to that testimony. But that was something God was showing me that I had to get up and bring out the fault. 
or the error or the sin. So unfortunately it falls on my head. It might fall on your head. But if you walk away from that situation, then you're accountable, not me. When you get up to heaven, God's going to ask you. I put you in that position for that very purpose and you did not bring it up. Why? Because you don't want to tell the other person anything wrong, they might get upset. Yeah. And worst of all, you don't want them to get upset with you. Mm. But we're talking heaven or hell here. Yeah. Okay? We're talking heaven or hell. Eternity. Not one day. We're talking eternity. Tell the truth. Okay. So here's an untrustworthy person and his name is Judas. He walked with Jesus, did the miracles that Jesus did, but not with integrity, not a moment of integrity in his life. We can see that in John 12. John 12 and verses 4 to 6. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. <laughs> Sorry to use this word, the treasurer doesn't say anything about this, but he was the treasurer for Jesus. Jesus entrusted him with the money. Knowing he was not a man of integrity. Listen to this carefully. Knowing he was not a man of integrity. So he might have been fiddling the accounts right then and there. Why? Because he saw the miracles and this is what the general populace belief is that he wanted to be the treasurer in the kingdom of God. He saw the riches, he saw the power, he saw the glory and he said, wow, you know, if I can get a position in the kingdom of God like this, man, I'm set for eternity. No integrity whatsoever. Maybe he was just taking out cents, who knows. But you take out cents over uh, 10 years or 15 years is a lot of money. Integrity. He knew he was walking with it. Then, I want to bring up what Val told me the other day. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. She gave me a good revelation which I really enjoyed. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. Let's begin at verse 26 actually. That he might sanctify, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that is talking about the church. Before that he says, husbands love your wives and, and then, you know, wives and whatever. Then he says that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Holy and without blemish. Now the revelation that Val shared with me was that 
the wrinkle is a fold in the garment. Right? And she, she demonstrated and folded her skirt. And, and what is behind the fold cannot be seen. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> are you with me? Whoa. <laughs> so you are a beautiful looking bride with a fold that cannot be seen. And everybody sees you and you are speaking in tongues, you are doing miracles, signs and wonders. You know, you are the bee's knees of the church. You know, everybody loves you, you love everybody, but there's a fold. Nobody can find any fault in you whatsoever. Not with a natural eye, they can't. They've even tested you and they found you to be good. Because they're not testing you with the testing of Jesus. They can't. The day is coming. Okay? The day is coming when God will use Satan himself. To test the church. Believe you me, be ready. And that fold will be discovered. That fold will be discovered, including me. I am standing in the fear of the Lord every day. Every moment of the day, I walk the fear of the Lord. That doesn't stop me from being who I am or what I'm supposed to be. That's not the idea. Okay? It doesn't make you a non-functional person. It makes you even more a functional person. It gives you even more boldness to speak and to be who you are called to be. But be, be watchful and be mindful that there is no fold in you. Okay? And that is the whole spirit, what the Holy Spirit is doing. And that fold will be something that only will be discovered at the end. What is hidden behind the fold cannot be seen till the end. So likewise, the person who lacks integrity, you know how long it takes to find out a person doesn't have integrity? Can anybody tell me how long it takes to find out whether a person is a person of integrity or not? Not long. Not long? Anybody else? It might be the very last. It might be the very, right at the very, very end. Very end of what? Of the pinnacle. Of the pinnacle? Of your success, right. of what you think success is. Well, take a relationship for example, okay? Let's bring it down to that. How do you know that your wife is a wife of integrity or your husband is a husband of integrity? How do you know that? Until they make a mistake. Uh-huh. Until they make a? Mistake. And then what happens to them in your eyes? That's when they lose they lack integrity because they have not fulfilled an expectation of integrity that is an, in, an integrity in your eyes. Mm. 
but is an integrity in the eyes of God. Hello, we're going back to Abimelech. He said, I did this with the integrity of my He was an unrighteous person. So you look at someone who's close to you and you say, hey, you know, you're not a person of integrity. I've known you for 10 years or 15 years. I've married to you for 50 years. And now you're showing your true colors. In whose eyes? First question you've got to ask is, in whose eyes? Because that's how the devil is going to get you to accuse someone falsely. Sure. Very subtle. <laughs> very, very subtle. So we also know that when the crack appears due to pressure in a building, okay, what happens? You say the building lacks integrity. You know, in America, they had these huge bridges, beautiful bridges, and they boasted about them for years, 20, 30 years. They said, oh, look at us, we have built the bridges, the you know, four-lane highway on either side on the bridges and everything. And then one day, 25 years later, let us say, just one boat, just one boat broke off. The entire bridge collapsed. Who are we to say? Who are we to say that we know how to build? Oh, Pastor, this is how you should run the church. Pastor, this is how the church should look. Pastor, this is the thing that should be happening in the church. You know, Pastor, there are, who, who are we? Are you the builder? Doesn't it say in the word of God that if you build a house, you're building it in, right? It has to be Christ who builds the house. Look at the church today, worldwide. Tell me. That this is the church that you wanted on the earth. That this is the church you prayed for. Tell me that. Don't kid yourselves. Don't lie to yourselves. This is not the glorious bride. People are having a go on the YouTube at the church. Like you would not believe. And they are not far wrong. <coughs> but it's the motivation and attitude with which they are doing it. They are not far wrong. Because they have tested and they have tested and they have tested. And found it short. That it's not doing what it's supposed to do according to the word of God. But that is their interpretation of the word of God. So, let us say that you have an interpretation 
of the word of God and you are now exercising that in integrity but it's bringing false accusation, it's bringing condemnation, it's bringing separation and division. How are you going to justify your integrity of the word? There's only one person who can justify it for you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Why, why would, why would uh, Job's wife tell him, curse God and die? Anyone? Maybe she didn't know God the way Job knew God. Mm. Maybe she knew God. Maybe she didn't know God. Maybe she didn't know God like the way Job knew God. Mm. How do we know Job knew God? Uh -huh. um, yeah. huh? God's. What? Well, no, God said. God said what? God said that look at my servant. Ah, God Himself said. God himself said, hmm. <laughs> not any man, hmm. right? Why else do you think she told him that? She had no integrity. No what? Integrity. No integrity. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, she would have been hurt and she lost. She lost her birthday every day. So she would have been hurt and her interpretation of what God had done. Right. And do you think she was justified? No. No, well, in her, oh, well. as a, in a human level, yes. Do you think so? But she, she, if she knew God, okay, now let's bring it, fast forward to New Testament. You're a born again Christian and you know God, and now everybody in your household dies. You lose all your cattle, you lose all your money, everything goes. You're going to tell your husband, curse God and die? That means maybe you were backing on your husband. Not on God. Ah, yeah. It makes sense. So the untrustworthy person, when the pressure is on, is not going to stand. They all have a form of godliness, but lack of integrity. They don't stand because the cracks appear. Right? We're not condemning them. Look, please don't get me wrong. We don't just condemn a building because a crack appears. But if when the crack appears, if you treat that crack, The Bible says that God, Jesus, will not break off a bruised tree and he will not quench that smoking flax. So the idea is not to destroy. The idea is to restore. His first intention, God's intention is always restoration, regeneration, reconciliation. 
He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. So if that is his first intention, what should be ours? In spite of the fact that that person let you down badly. And there are a variety of ways that person could have done that to you. And you know, invariably, okay, invariably, the person that lets you down knows exactly how to press your buttons. And when to press it, and what way to press it, because that's the test of the integrity of your relationship. And you will be pushed to the edge, to the cliff edge, and you want to jump off and say, that's it, the money. I know it's happened to me so many times. But integrity. God wants to know. Right? God wants to know whether you depend on Him and trust Him. Okay, some symptoms of a lack of integrity that you need to be aware of in the last days. That people who will come, okay, they will use flattery. Scheming behind the words of falsity, telling lies both black and white, and great. So they'll give you some of the truth, not all of the truth. Then they will say some nice things for the sake of it. It absolutely carries no substance whatsoever. Saying but not doing. Pride and ambition, self-justification, wow, right? The covering of the eyes and heart in situation concerning, concerning one's own life and in the church. People pleasing. Oh, yeah. Moving the agreed boundaries that are set without consent. Regular happening in India. Land disputes. Moving the boundary. A great boundary can be you and I are going to do something together. We agree on it. And then you move the boundary. Yeah. Or oh, I move the boundary. Then there goes the integrity. So the integrity of the agreement was lost the moment the boundary was moved. You keep, it, you keep doing this long enough. And then guess what happens? There's no relationship. Misuse and abuse of what is given to you by God in anything, especially the word. 1 Kings 9 4. One Kings 9 4. This is about Solomon. And he's saying, verse 4, And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, 
in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee. And thou wilt keep my statutes and my judgments. So this was the conditional blessing for Solomon. Did Solomon succeed? Did Solomon succeed? What was the problem? What was the commandment? What was the commandment of God? Or the condition of God? Keep my What did he do? He didn't. Why? What way did he do it? He allowed foreign gods to come in. Through his desire, his lust, allowing those women to bring in their gods, and eventually he worshipped those gods. Psalm 26 1. Psalmist <coughs> King David saying, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. How sure is King David? Looks like he's pretty sure. But did he walk in integrity? No. Not always. Not always. Census when he shouldn't have. Yes. Brought a plague onto Israel because of it. He did quite a few things, not just one. Yet God said, He's a man after my own heart. So somewhere along the way, he had righteousness with God because God decided that that was going to be the case. He was able to recognize his failures and correct his situation and come back into integrity. Okay, so let the Holy Spirit scrutinize us in the same way as we come into the situation that we're going to face in the days ahead. Let the Holy Spirit scrutinize your integrity in the light of the Word. It is always in fire. In the integrity of one's heart is tested. I read the words of a gold miner. And this is what he said. Gold is great. But you can't let it take you completely over. He was talking about going as a miner out there to go. And how gold has this overpowering power to change your mind. And the way you do your business with gold. And he was talking about this is a secular man. So he's saying gold is great, but you cannot let it completely take take you over. You cannot really you cannot really win a game through cheating or changing the rules. 
If you decide to do something other than what you've agreed to, you've changed the rules. You can go and renegotiate, but you can't change without consent. I'm talking about the internal mechanisms, this is him. I'm talking about the internal mechanisms that people use to bury their own ability to see the truth in things. Sure. Wow! How often do you come across that? Is it a search my heart to see if there be any wicked way in me, oh God? Why is he using God as a mirror? Because he knows he cannot search his own heart. He knows how evil his own heart is. People have, you know, looked at me sideways when I said we are dirty rotten scoundrels. And they said, oh, but I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm washed clean in the blood. You know, and then I think, yeah, hang on a second, man, I'll watch you tomorrow, let's see what happens. Mm. <laughs> and sure enough, the next day, you know, out goes the blood, out goes the word, out goes the Holy Spirit, and the true character is revealed. They're all guilty of it. That doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's not the intention of God. Is to throw the baby out in the bathwater. The reason he's exposing it is so that we can come to the place of repentance and restoration with God. Get back into righteousness with God because the, death, the fiery judgment is on its way. Even more so now. Bear with me another five to ten minutes. Understanding integrity in the light of the scriptures is critical. Don't make up your own integrity, okay? okay. Hmm. Very, very important. Human morals are not God's morals. I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> no, not one is good. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Your morals don't stand up to the morals of God. So do not make the mistake of coming up with your own rules. That is why God brings us through the trials of faith to produce something more precious than gold. Saying it, meaning it, and doing it. Hmm. Matthew 21. Let's have a look at it. We're nearly there. Matthew 21. Hmm. 28 to 32. So Jesus giving forth a parable. But what think he, a certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They said unto him, the first. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And you, when you have seen it, repented not afterward, that you might believe him. Wow. 
saying, but not meaning it and not doing it. So the antidote for that is saying it, meaning it, and doing it. Otherwise, there is a judgment that's coming. So you say something to God, yes God, I'll do this, and then you don't, and you cover it up, you know, you get that fold, and you're going about your normal business, you're forgotten all about it, you know, it's there. I'm telling you, it's going to come as a curveball. It'll get you when you are not looking. And has got many people in this church before, and I've seen it. And I've warned them, and I've warned them, and I've warned them, and I've warned them. Because I'm a warning prophet, unfortunately. They didn't listen. One guy, as I told you, sat out there and cursed me. He died not nine months later. Others have had serious things happen to them. And I'm not the only minister. I know a lot of ministers who had people come against them and God has judged those people. That's why I don't want to touch any of God's people and I don't want anybody to touch me. Not so that I'm, I'm protected, but I will protect you. I'm not saying this to protect myself. I'm saying this to protect you from the wrath of God. He doesn't take it lightly. He's a prophet. If he doesn't pray for you, your entire household is going to be barren for the rest of the lives. So you better make restitution by allowing him to pray. What was that? Reflection. Reflection or a true reflection. Integrity. So if there is a flaw in the reflection, it's not a true reflection of Jesus. Mm. This is deep speaking too. Deep. And that's not an Indian name. <laughs> Called deep. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Not bad. Okay.